2: race fans welcome to the hoobazoo radio network and welcome to drafting the circuits my name is frank Santoroski. i'll be your host for the next hour as we talk about uh, this week in racing joining me tonight i have uh, richard Uden and louise torres guys what's up
3: how's it going
2: it's going it's going all right guys uh, really enthusiastic um because we've got a lot to talk <laughs> about uh, so uh so nascar we had the um martinsville was a cutoff race and i uh I thought that was the perfect choice for the cutoff race. We had some uh, definite drama in there Uh, at the end of the day. It was Chase Elliott uh, winning the race, um, guaranteeing his spot in there. Uh, The other three in the championship Four will be Joey Logano, uh, who's got in there on a basis of a win. And on points, we've got uh, Denny Hamlin and Brad Keselowski making up the four. On the outside, looking in, we have the most dominant driver of the year, Kevin Harvick who somewhat sealed his own fate uh you know if if you think about it he has been a little bit non-stellar these last two races and got himself in a position where he was behind and um uh, at there there at the end of the race tried to make up a spot in the last uh corner uh tried to push kyle bush out of the way and ended up uh spinning his own car and uh losing it all just right then and there so um louise richard uh let's let's dig into this um how that went down some of uh Harvick's comments and um, you know just our thoughts in general on the uh, four guys in and the four guys out.
1: First and foremost, I feel like rewarding Harvick an automatic bid to the championship for just because he won the regular season championship is ridiculous. You don't see that. In, you don't see that in any other sport. Again, NASCAR has its own different thing with the playoffs, but when it comes to the playoffs, you have to deliver. In other forms of sports, if you don't deliver when it matters most, you don't make it. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. Last year, they won the Presidents Cup, got bounced in the first round. The New England Patriots, they went undefeated, lost the Super Bowl against the Giants. And also, you have the Seattle Mariners, 116 wins, didn't even make the World Series, and have not made the playoffs since then—the longest playoff drought in sport. The right. T- so I'm yeah, yeah we've got to quickly to step in. It is yeah, seeded though. It is seeded, so they—you know—in theory,
3: if you win the regular season, you should get an easier passage through to the champ, you know to the super bowl or the world series or whatever it may be now i know in in the cup series they do give points yeah, uh, you know and, uh, but i mean gee you know one bad race or two bad races and that's that you know banker you've built up over 20 odd races has disappeared you know in, in a big wreck at talladega or something
2: yeah, certainly yeah. they do. They do try to protect those guys with uh by seating them. And then there's also the uh, the stage win points that uh that collect up there. If you recall a couple of years ago, Truex had accumulated so many stage win win points that he was pretty much he was very safe in every round. While he did continue to win races. He uh he had a nice cushion in the points there. But but I mean, realistically, uh NASCAR wanted a playoff system that mirrored stick and ball sports. And we all knew that this sort of thing could happen, um, and now it has. And it, it happens to your point, Louise, all the time in regular stick and ball sports. And uh, this is what we wanted. This is what we've got.
1: Yeah, we got what we we got what NASCAR wanted us to get—that entertainment value, which is something that Kevin Harvick said in the post-race conference. They've leaned towards the entertainment, and what he also said on the TV that Richard will explain more. Is that winning championships these days don't hold much quality compared to the days of Earnhardt, Petty, Gordon, Yarbrough, and Pearson?
2: Is that Which what Harvick said? Wrong. I, I well, thought his comments were kind of slanted uh, the other way. Richard, yeah. i let you fill us in.
3: I mean, directly post race, obviously, these comments are made in the heat of the moment, but, uh, you know, when, uh, when, when Carvick, Kevin Harvick was asked um, about, uh, you know, being eliminated, he, he made comments, and I'm paraphrasing here. You know, these championships are hard to win. It's not like they hand them out like they used to with Petty and Earnhardt. So I think the the, the point he was trying to make is that maybe the I think the depth I, I think what he's probably getting at there is the depth of the field is a lot greater now than it was maybe you know in previous generations when uh, when drivers won multiple championships. You're probably not going to see that as much these days because of the as I said the the strength of the field and the the strength of the big teams around and the um, Requirements so that the the, the um, necessity to have a competitive team just rather than just a good driver um, you know, I,
2: tend to, I tend to agree somewhat on the Richard Petty thing because there was there was a time when Petty and his team were just head and shoulders above the rest but I want to say you know Dale Senior drove in a very competitive era you had a lot of really good guys out there right, running at the same time with him, and a lot of really good teams. You know, you had your, you had your Mark Martins, your Rusty Wallaces, your Davey Allison's, um, the, Terry Labonte's, guys like that, who, uh, who, you know, uh, gave him a good run for his money. Ricky Rudd, another <laughs> fine driver of that era. So I, I don't think that. Um, I just, yeah. I
3: just, I just yeah, Earnhardt I just
2: was mean, handed anything. Just saying. No, no, but I just think these
3: days with the differential between. Um, you know the the car and driver and it's it's similar in Formula One you know you look back in the good old days in Formula One in the 1980s you know you look at the qualifying performances and there'd be eight seconds between first and 22nd or 20th or whatever now there's two seconds you know and, and I don't know you know my interest in NASCAR doesn't go back far enough but you look at you know I think from some of the 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 stuff I've read, you know, back in the eighties and nineties when Earnhardt was winning, you know, there was a pretty big divergence across the field. You know, he would be like two or three laps down in a race and still win it. When well, you could never do that today in in, in cup racing.
1: And I think with a competition back then, you had anybody that could have one great event without all the shenanigans that happen, especially because you have like a Backmarker, underfunded team that will do really, really good in qualifying, frequently. Nowadays, it's very clear set in stone who are the strong ones, who are the middle, who are on the bottom. Yeah. The Formula One, for sure. These days, and it's really, really difficult. The gap is much tighter. Whereas even twenty, almost twenty years ago, you had Ferrari like between Ferrari and Arrows or Minardi, five to seven seconds. Yeah. And they were not
2: allowed to
1: run because of the 107% rule.
2: Yep. These days, yeah. These So, but let's uh, let's let's uh, get off the subject of old Formula One and <laughs> uh, just try to get back on the um, the, the task at hand here. But uh, the one thing I wanted to dive into a little bit, we could talk a little more about Harvick in a bit, is um, Denny Hamlin, and then there's this little bit of controversy over the fact that his teammate Eric Jones was told on the radio. Don't pass your teammate, and and somehow mm. folks have e- equated that to manipulating the outcome of the championship. Oh, now, okay. I, now if you if you say maintain your position, right? Don't pass your teammate. That's one thing. It's not as if they they told him move aside and let Denny pass you. It's not as if they said do a Rubens Barrichello and yeah. get Michael the win. Here we go, old the One again. So, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I, I just can't. It just kind of just blew my mind how upset some folks. Oh, were about that, right. and they said there's a rule. There's a rule that yeah. a driver has to give his 100% effort all the time. And I, I looked that up, and yes, that that is a rule. But how do you, yes, how good. do you
3: police that one? Yeah, how do yeah, you I'd,
2: quantify that? You could, you know, Jones could easily say, you know, it's 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 a risk making a pass at Martinsville. It's a very narrow track. If I didn't want to, yeah. I wanted I wanted to preserve the car. You exactly. know, it certainly they asked don't pass your teammate i won't pass my teammate it's, you know like i say it's not as if they said move over let denny go yeah it's ridiculous totally
3: blown out of all proportion at the end of the day it's a team sport there's you know joe gibbs racing they have a job to win a championship and yeah i have not have zero problem with that whatsoever and i don't think harvick or any other team would, would the boot sure he was on the other foot they'd do exactly the same thing i think it's People looking to find an issue and create an issue that isn't there, I think it's it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, if you know, if they don't understand the team sports people that come up with that, uh, those stupid notions. I'm sorry, that's just ridiculous.
1: Likewise, it's ridiculous within itself. Like, yeah, there's sometimes you want to find that juicy radio audio. I know I've found a couple in the past, but that one. Don't pass. Yeah. Like this is nothing new. It's no, common, not I mean, just in. That. It's common in racing. Look at restrictor plate racing back a decade yeah. ago. When manufacturers they wouldn't let Trevor Bayne work with Jeff Gordon. I know that's different, but they don't want to work with other a certain people. And now we're seeing as their teammates, it's whatever it may be. This is nothing new. Manufacturers, I mean, teammates, or I alliance.
3: Would be, i would be more disappointed. I mean, at the end of the day. To my mind, the kid should know not to do that. <laughs> you know, Eric Jones should know not to try and pass his teammate. I
2: mean, yeah, especially in the, especially in the, the you know the championship decider. You know, I know who there who at the end Brian, of the season
3: as
2: well. everything to do with it, but you know, well, he's Jones has been labeled pretty much the
1: lane duck at JGR since he's going to RPM next year, exactly. and also Hamlin was sort of fit over Jones driving him and all of that. It's like, oh no, not what was it? Not Hamlin it was Truex, whoever. They're probably the same when it comes to Jones these days. Like, Jones is driving to win a race. You have to run him like he is the leader. It's like, geez, some people complaining about the littlest things kind of gets ridiculous, but none more ridiculous than what people are trying to make a big fuss over this whole thing with Jones
2: and Hamlin. All right. So let's, so let's talk about, um, you know, the guys that are out, which the two notable ones are Martin Truex and Kevin Harvick, who are arguably – Two of the best drivers in the series, and two of the um, the guys who have been championship contenders for at least the last four or five years. Uh, both these guys have, uh, uh, you know, they've been in the final four the last couple of years. They've they've each uh, won a championship. Um, you know, it's just it's odd to have those two top names out at this uh, at this juncture. But then again, neither one of them was really hot in this last phase of the playoffs. Nope, absolutely not. And to my knowledge, I think this is the first time since the playoffs were
1: implemented, the current that we have in 2014, since 2014, that we see no Harbick or Truex. But we do see, we'll mention a little bit later, Team Penske, both of their key components for the first time. It is a little bit surprising, but what did Truex in, in my eye, was just the, the points penalty from Texas during pre-race. And when it comes to Harvick, I felt like ever since he got po- collected in that big wreck at Talladega with Kyle Bush. He's been off the rails where he's just all of a sudden not had the strongest runs, and Texas really set him did him in for good at a track that in a race that he's won the past couple years in a row, so that didn't help him, and we're in that position where,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about the guys. (laughs) Yeah,
2: so let's talk about the guys that are in now. Chase Elliott, the kid is hot right now, Uh, no doubt about that. I mean, he was. uh, very good at Martinsville. He's been very good at nearly every track. This championship, to me, now he will start from the pole position. Uh, you know, the since we uh, don't do qualifying anymore, he uh, he will be starting from the first position based on the blind draw. Um, so that's uh, that bodes well for him that uh, he can uh, you know grab the lead right off the bat. Uh, but uh, this, you know, this is a winner take all uh, race. Yeah, we don't have to worry about any stage wins. Don't have to worry about any points. We just have to worry about finishing ahead of three other guys and three other guys who are also hungry to win that. So, um, uh, Louise, where do you rank uh, Chase there to, in a, in his bid to uh, win his first championship?
1: He finally got through out of the round of eight. That has been the big question mark for Chase Elliott for his entire career. Can he make it? out of the, chip, the round of eight, because there are usually a lot of things that have taken him out. It almost did during the race when it comes to that Jackman who jumped in the pit box by accident and had to go back to avoid penalty. Initially, they were penalizing him, but then they reversed the call because in the rule book says you can reposition yourself without any penalty. It cost him some pit times, and he dodged a big bull in that <laughs> one. He also, had a slow, also, the crew had a very slow stop. It was, I think it was the final stop or the second to the last. But Elliott just had a faster car, and he showed that he's determined. But because of the aforementioned pit mistakes, I don't see him winning the championship because they have to be perfect. Alec Gustafson and that entire team has to be absolutely flawless if they're going to have a shot of winning the championship. I'm not, I'm not knocking Elliott's driving ability because he can get the job done. It's just it boils down to that pit crew. And you look back at last year, pit road was the deciding factor. Who? Uh, Kyle Bush winning the championship last year and not Danny Hamlin or Martin Truex. And I feel like that history might repeat itself. So I'm not too confident on Elliott's crew as far as this championship. That's why I cannot say he will win it. He'll come close, but ultimately comes down to pit stops in Elliott's camp.
2: All right. So now I want to talk about another guy that's in there. That would be uh, Brad Keslowski. Four wins on the year. Um, He's not necessarily had any streaks where he's been really hot um this year even at Martinsville he was in the mix but never really contending for the win but i've got to look at at Phoenix and and got to look at how that's kind of patterned a bit similar to Richmond and then i've got to look at the way Keselowski dominated at Richmond and he's bringing that same chassis that he ran at Richmond there to Phoenix and and i got to say um Keselowski who's he's not been in the championship for since we've had this format i believe i don't, I don't believe he's uh been in the past the round of eight since we've he had was this in format. seventeen. Was he okay? Um, that was, I think the only
1: time he's ever made it in a championship for was in twenty seventeen when Turex won it. Yeah, but I gotta
2: say, my my kind of thoughts are kind of leaning towards uh, Keslak. Kowski right now, um, and as far as they uh, uh, in the whole thing. Yeah. Now, now, I, I, Richard, go, go ahead. I want I want to involve Richard and let him uh, mm-hmm. pick a guy to talk about. You got uh, your choice of the other two.
3: Ooh. yeah, cool boy. Uh, yes, <laughs> I mean I, I think you know you, you got Logano and uh, Danny Hamlin sat there, and you know without Kevin Harvick there, you've got to look on on. Performance over the course of the year, you have got to look at Danny Hamlin. But you know, the guy hasn't been stellar towards the back end of the season. You know, he he he's obviously clinched his playoff berth, and then he I don't know when his last win was, but I don't think he's won a race in the playoffs. He's been pretty, you know, he's just like in, been in survival mode, and I wonder if that's going to get it done. Uh, you know, going into Phoenix, you know, they may have just been, you know, working on. You know, certain Phoenix characteristics, um, you know, through the playoffs, but the tracks are so diverse i don't think that would be the would uh, be the case but uh, so I, I partially
2: wonder if he is been distracted with all of his um plans yeah, for next year's you know starting true. the new team i'm sure that's taken a a yeah. lot of time and a lot of effort and you know and a lot of mental energy on his part as well uh, i just wonder true. if that somehow has him distracted from the task at hand here
3: oh it, it wouldn't surprise me at all i think that uh, you know, there's obviously, you know, not just um, you, you know the 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 sort of mental effort involved in it, because you know, she, he's is great, but also, you know, the, the physical effort in in you know being doing lots of interviews and and and, and sort of multitasking. You know, driving one of these cars is hard enough as it is. Um, to go out and 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 sort of spread yourself as thinly as he is, uh, will 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 take some doing. Now, I don't know. You guys will know better than I will, but what obviously when Dale Earnhardt set up DEI, you know how did that affect his performances? I'm not putting Denny Hamlin in the same category, but it's a similar scenario where you're creating a team and racing for somebody else at the same time. It
2: seems, <laughs> seems to me Earnhardt kept winning races. I don't, I don't really remember I him. If he won any championships did he? I yeah, think. I, I want to say I don't think. Yeah, I, he was. That was towards the uh, the later years of his career, where you know he wasn't quite as as uh, hot as he was, you know, you had you had guys in there, uh, uh, Jimmy, uh, Jeff Gordon for Jeff sure, Gordon, yeah. right, starting to dominate the sport there. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it uh, took a, a lot of focus off Dale, or if he was just, you know, everyone kind of gets to that phase in their career, gets to that age. I mean, he was over yeah. forty, where they the the wins become a little yeah. little fewer yeah. and farther between uh you know not that he was uncompetitive not that he was anything to the point of of uh of a lack of Richard Petty at the end of his career where he just uh really really struggled you know he but he wasn't uh but he wasn't the dominant guy week in and week out and whether or not running a, the team on the side was a factor is is something we'll really never know because we can't yeah, ask him
3: it'd be in, be interesting to see where he goes on a monday after a race you know does he go to uh, you know, does he go to, uh, you know, JGR, or does he go to the twenty three eleven shop? Yeah, it'll be
2: interesting to see how uh, how that plays out for, for next for year.
3: For this weekend, um, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, they, 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 this is probably the best chance that he's ever had, so, you know, and I hope he does win it, because I, I think it was between him and, you know, between Hamlin and, and Harvick as to who deserve, I, mean, I hate using the word deserve, because <laughs> Harvick argued he didn't deserve to win the championship because he didn't make the playoff finals even though his performance over the course of the season has probably been the most dominant um i i, I would i would personal preference i'd i think you know hamlin to win would be great for, you know great for him uh he's probably to my mind and you know the best driver out there who hasn't won a championship yet
0: so um, yeah
2: certainly the best um, of the older guys yeah we we could argue that some of these young guys are great um yeah, but would, uh but in, in as yeah. far as and as far as just overall you know experience and the um the the depth of wins in his career. You know, he's he's won most of the majors. He's won Daytona a couple times. You know, he's won, won at the Brickyard, so he's very accomplished. Yep. He's certainly the most accomplished driver to have not won a championship. I mean, yet. And this would really, yeah. if really if he, put a feather wins, in his cap.
3: Yeah, I mean, if he wins the championship, nobody would look back in 20 years' time and go, oh, gee, we deserve to win that, did like, you know? No, no, um, I mean, he,
2: he's already got a Hall of Fame... Career, uh, this would just yeah. really put the icing on the cake for it. Yeah,
3: so, so I, I think for, 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 from a personal standpoint, I hope he wins it. From a performance standpoint, I, contrary to what Louis said there, I, uh, um, I would go with, uh, with with Chase Elliott actually. Um, you know, I think you know, I think with the, the might of the Hendrick. You know, organization behind them. I think, you know, I, I know Hendrick maybe been not where they want to be in the last few years, but I think an organization like that, when they have a sniff at a championship and an opportunity like this, I think they they tend to grasp it with both hands. So it wouldn't surprise me if uh, if Chase didn't take the title this weekend.
2: Oh yeah, certainly that team knows how to win championships. Yeah, they've got they've got a couple of the trophies on the shelf there at the shop. So uh, so let's talk about Joey Logano then. Uh, Joey Logano, uh, a former champion uh, from a couple of years back, uh, he was a dark horse then, and and pulled it out. And I I don't know that I would call him a dark horse out of these four. Now if uh, now if, you know if uh, True X and and Harvick were still in there, you might consider <laughs> you might consider Joey Logano a dark horse. But I think he's he's got to rank as one of the favorites here because he is uh, uh you know he's been known to deliver when the pressure's on. Now now Louise, what are your thoughts on Logano?
1: That's- That's my pick for the championship, and he's just – here's the thing. It's starting to look like 2018 again when Logano last won it, where the biggest fear was to have Logano deep in the championship and now in this title chase. That is a nightmare for the rest of the competition, and when that happens, he's very hard to beat. He does have the advantage of having that win last time around in Phoenix. Pose it before the pandemic, happened. I know he's only won one race since the pandemic, but uh, who, who's to say he doesn't win again? And the only thing that will the only thing that will stop the funny thing about Phoenix is that all these guys that are in the championship four could win it. There's no true one-sided champion. As much as Hamlin's been the strong, is the strongest out of the four guys. Hamlin has not had necessarily the strongest of runs as of late looks can't be deceiving as Hamlin alluded a couple of times during these calls and with Logano, because I don't know I don't see how you he does not win this championship I think he's just clicked at the right time sometimes when you click at the right time you'll get rewarded heavily and that's typically how it goes down in these playoffs the ones yeah who are,
2: and, and then again you know you don't they don't have to win this race either they just have yeah, to Harvick finish ahead of three other guys. Yeah, you could have you could have let let Harvick and Kyle Busch fight it out for the win, and just keep yourself out of trouble, keep your nose clean, and keep the keep those other three guys behind you. Of course, you know that's that's not how it's going to play out. That each of them will be going for the win because that's that's the best way to <laughs> that's the best way to uh, seal your fate is to win the darn thing. And I want to say, am I correct that that each year the Champion has won the final race. Uh, I can't think of a.
1: Yep, and for Cup, every champion won the finale. I right, think only right. in trucks that's not been the case. On a couple or one or two occasions, maybe Xfinity, but Cup for sure, the champion won the finale every single time. All right, so.
2: Yeah, I want to say the, the Cup series has been yeah every every single time. So it's been it's been a, a satisfying. Finale from that point of view That the guy that won the race is the champion You know for the for the fan watching You say yep that's right that guy won the race He deserves this thing You know Much of course you know we do
1: Larson fans. Ooh, ooh, ooh. How many times <laughs> he was strong And Homestead could not win it Or even Jeff Gordon 2014 He had a hell of a car But for
2: whatever reason they decided to pit him Yeah But of course I do always like to throw out the scenario That you could have those four guys since they Starting them all together That they could all Crashing on one another on the opening lap, and whoever grinds to a halt closest to the finish line on lap one, with the with the damaged car, will win a championship. And then and then you will have to run the rest of the race, still. So, I mean, it could happen. It's highly unlikely, but yeah, think uh, they're going to do but, but, whatever it takes. but, hey, but think of think of the fact we're starting, you know, with the no qualifying format. We're starting off all four of those guys together. So, it'll be fun to watch. That's for sure. So we've got um, championships up for grabs in the trucks and Xfinitys as well. Louise, mm-hmm. we, are you? We don't have Seth here, who's our usual um, reporter on the the junior series. So uh, let's uh, let's talk about Xfinity. I, I know the four guys in are um, Cedric's in there, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Tyler, Tyler Reddick. No, no um, Reddick's
1: and Cup now.
2: No, no. What's his name? See, I don't watch Xfinity that much.
1: Briscoe, Chase Hayley, Briscoe, that's Justin the guy, Altiger. yeah. Yeah. So the championship four and Xfinity are Chase Briscoe, Austin Cedric, A.K.A. the guy who is one step closer to Indy 500. <laughs> Justin <laughs> Haley and little joke.
2: So you gotta, you gotta, yeah, so, if you look, if you look at this thing, you gotta, you gotta really like Chase Briscoe's chances. And uh, the guy is one – he's what, what nine this year. Yeah, he's one – Nine races this year. He's trying
1: to join at even elite club of winner of the ten win club, which Harvick is also trying to join as well because the ten win club hasn't happened in Cup since Johnson in '07 on the Xfinity, and I believe it's been since Kyle Busch almost a decade ago. Somebody won at least ten Xfinity races in a single year, but as, as for sure, I feel like it's going to come down to the two Fords of Cindric and Briscoe. Don't cut out the two Justins either. I think that one will certainly be an absolute nail-biter to the absolute bitter end. Because you have Justin Algar, who has been historically been excellent at Phoenix. He won last November. Justin Haley was the highest finisher of the four guys in this title quest in March. So, <laughs> who's to say not either one of those guys could win this? I think all four are
2: capable. Haley is more of the dark horse contender out of the three. All yeah, but Haley Haley also has this unique ability to just pull a rabbit out of a hat, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's just why I mean said just just of, out of team. out of nowhere. I mean, the guy the guy is a cup winner, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so you can't count him out ever. No. It
1: could who knows if like at Rochette, you there's that wild card. Brockstein what would he be? What would he do? Would he play a role into this whole thing? Cuz you know he's probably not one trying to get that that first win of the season cause he hasn't won all year two if he's not in a position to win but justin haley is will he do whatever it takes to prevent the other guys from going because he is an aggressive driver and i feel like do not sleep on ross on playing a role in this title quest
2: at all do not even though he's not in the look championship out for yeah now, richard who do you like in this xfinity battle i know you uh you, uh, you've, you've actually worked uh, in the Xfinity side of, of the sport for a while, and you're familiar with some of these guys.
3: Yeah, I mean, ooh, I think you can't look past Syndric, can you really? I think that he'd be my favourite uh, from what I've seen of him this year. I think he's been very impressive, and uh, you know he's building up to what he's got in front of him over the next few years. And uh, yeah, I think he's uh, he'd be who I'd put my my uh, 50 cents on to win.
2: Yeah, I'd mean, be that'd be be pretty neat for Roger Penske to win uh, both championships too. You know, if he uh, if Joey or, or Brad yeah, were to win the cup thing that. and then Austin Cindric, yeah, I'd yeah. be uh you know, since they got, you know, shut out at the Indy five hundred and they uh, they, you know, had to cede the championship to Dixon <laughs> in the in the in the IndyCar series, maybe he can have a, you know, have a have a bang up year in NASCAR, the series he didn't buy.
1: He's got, a yeah. super, he's got one more supercar titles, and also I believe IMSA. I haven't checked on the DPI
2: category. Uh, uh yeah. I want to say I want to say Castro Nevis won this past weekend. Castro Nevis and Taylor, so they're, uh, they're they're right there in contention for that uh, that IMSA title as well.
1: Yeah, which is the 12-hour scene ring, I believe, unless that's not been updated.
2: I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure we don't have our sports car guy on here to uh to fill us in. So uh but anyway, yeah. so so truck series.
1: In the truck series we have three GMS racing drivers and one Thorsport. The Thorsport guy being Grant Enfinger, who was last year's regular season champion. He won last Friday at Martinsville to punch his ticket to the championship for. and he was in a must win situation because that race was mostly sheldon creed dominating until a late race battle where it saw creed spinning eliminated from the fight creed is one of the other championship contenders, along with brad moffett and zane smith for zane smith he's locked up rookie of the year by virtue of making it to the championship for because obviously the other rookie christian eckes said he make it past the round to the next round he he got bounced moffett got in because of his win at kansas and sheldon creed did it by winning texas on that one, it could, as an, it's the funny thing is all three series, there's no true weak link. Well, to some people, will say Keslowski's the weakest link or Justin Haley's the weakest link. For the track series, all four of them have the capability. It's just a matter of how things unfold. And I would, and I feel like Grant Amfinger, he has the four wins. He did what he had to do in a must win. But for him to win this championship – He's going to have to hope things fall into place where he is the truck to be because they have a lot at stake. Because in my recent piece that I talked about, Swordsport has never won the owner's championship because of Cowboys because in the truck series you usually have Kyle Cowboys Motorsports or some other part-time truck that shares a roster of drivers in it that kicks the other one out. This time around, all four in the championship are fighting for the owners, so there's a lot as a lot on the line for GMS and ThorSport to get, and their their first owners title. But of course, the big talk is that championship. Moffat has been quick; he's he finally starting to click things. Creed just has the tendency of having strong trucks, but at times Kane, he finished the the job. He has on a couple occasions, but there have been times in key moments that Moff that Creed cannot seal the deal and that worries me and that's why I don't see him winning the championship Sane Smith is a bit of a stretch so I I feel like this could be Moffitt's or Endfinger's title that's my side of the ordeal and if, if Moffat wins it'll be one heck of a tri- tribute for Jimmy Johnson because he'll be driving that Johnson th- tribute scheme from I believe his first championship in 06 so the cards could favor Moffitt. But I feel like Endfinger would be more of a sentimental due to the fact that Jeff Hensley, his crew chief, has never won the Truck Series title. He's been around in the sport for a real long time. In fact, he won; he was the championship-winning crew chief with Chuck Bound in the Bush Grand National days. Could have won 07 with Mike Skinner, but Mike Skinner had that cut tire and ultimately lost the championship in the final race of the year in 07. So it would be neat to see the 98 team get it done
2: this Friday. Yeah, it'd be a, it's a big, big weekend for NASCAR, the finale of the season. And uh, now you mentioned Jimmy Johnson. And so he will be running his last uh, race in the 48 car, uh, the 48 cup car. That is, Uh, it'd be his last race as a full-time NASCAR cup driver. I mean, there's he's hinted a little bit that he may, Yeah, you you may see him here and there on a a one-off back in NASCAR. Uh, You know, nothing is over till it's over, especially when you're still driving. But he will debut as an IndyCar driver um, in uh, March uh, when the season opens at the streets of St. Pete. And he spent this past weekend at Barber Motorsports Park, along with uh, several other of cars, um, testing uh, testing the car, and he's just uh, made some neat comments on Twitter and stuff. How he's just really he's he's shaving off seconds at at a time as he's getting more and more used to the car. Now now the thing I found funny is that he uh he's uh, his driver's coach is Dario Franchitti. And 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 Barbara has not been one of Dario's best tracks, just putting that out there. And even, even Dario said, Yeah, I'm glad I'm there to help you because I've pretty much crashed in every corner there. So <laughs> Um but uh but it sounds like uh Jimmy is really enjoying himself and uh and, and fitting in well with the uh, with the other guys there and the crew there. Uh Dixon has some nice things to say about Johnson again. Frank Keaty has some nice things to say about Johnson. Um, and then they just feel like uh, the guys coming in in a good frame of mind with a good work ethic, uh, you know, you know, despite the fact that some think he's, you know, too old or too, you know, too too old to be changing gears after running around in circles so much. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out, and how competitive um, he can really be. Uh, again, his times were pretty pretty far off from the the established guys there, but uh, but every time he went out, he was better. So now Richard what are what are your thoughts on this old dude hopping in the IndyCar? you think uh you think he's really gonna he's gonna be the real deal next year or or he's gonna be you know mid mid pack or he's gonna embarrass himself
3: I think he'd be mid pack I don't think somebody with jimmy johnson's um you know name should we say it would put himself in a position where he's gonna make himself look silly you know it's just not worth it um and uh, you know, again, you know, his work ethic is there. You don't, you know, win as many cup championships as he has without having, you know, the world, won, you know, an outstanding work ethic. And you know, we all know from his um, uh, sort of work outside of racing. You know, his his fitness work, his triathlons, his marathons, those sort of things. You know, he's uh, his fitness his fitness levels are as as high as as anybody's in in, in motorsport. So. I think he's gonna get out there and I think he's you know, I don't think he's gonna win races or anything like that, but he's gonna he's gonna have fun. You know, he's gonna to go to battle with guys around who's gonna go wheel to wheel, he's gonna realise the suspension brakes far easier when you don't have a fender around them. And um he's gonna have fun and I think it's gonna be a great the sport, it'll attract new people in, it'll, you know, give the sport a bit of buzz
2: and uh,
3: I think it's exactly what it needs.
2: Yeah, and again, like we we like we had mentioned last uh, week as well, he's bringing a big money sponsor into the sport, and Carvana, who's not yeah. had any experience in you know sponsoring um, auto racing, but they are a growing company, and they're and they're, they're they get bigger and bigger, and they spend a lot of money on advertising. I'm just kind of maybe looking forward to seeing some Carvana ads, uh, you know, featuring Jimmy running around uh, in an Indy car. Be fun to watch. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, you know, also testing, you know, uh, we had guys test at the Speedway as well, uh, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. They were testing last week, testing some different aero bits to try to improve the passing, um, if you recall, in, in, in years like, you know, 20, the pre-aero kit era, the you know, 2012, 2013 even into the manufacturer aero kit version we had a lot of a lot of passes uh, and it was relatively easy to pass and there were i mean there were times when you didn't you didn't want to lead so you kept swapping that thing back and forth uh but then once we came out with the universal uh kit in 2018 the, the passing has been a little more difficult um you know a lot more dirty air behind the car so they're trying a couple of different arrow bits on the cars uh, specifically I, I noticed uh a lot of stuff around the um that right behind the front tires there those little the winglets on the on the on the, uh, on, the on the bottom tray uh, they had a couple of different configurations there they were trying out so uh uh and now they're crunching numbers and looking at data so we'll have to see how all that works out but uh, uh genuinely positive things uh being heard everybody is like you know right right back to work you know the season just ended. But, um, you know, right back to work, you know, Sato was out there testing. Dixon's been out there testing. Scott McLaughlin is uh, has got test time in. Um, we had, um, Felix, Felix LaCosta from the Formula E series tested Barber in the Ray Hall car. Now by, my, my understanding is that's not going to lead to a ride in 2021. It was merely a test because, uh, LaCosta is contracted for, um, Formula E next year to defend his title. Um but uh you know, that season wraps up in August, so there's no saying that uh he may not appear in a third car um somewhere towards the end of uh next season, you know, if uh if there's a car available and some sponsorship money to put him in one. But he was uh his comments were he was genuinely impressed uh with the IndyCar and said he would love to do it some more. So now now Louise, you uh you take a Look at any of these uh, test times and whatnot or any of the comments, anything you'd like to add before we start talking about Formula One?
1: I think that that was the only thing I was going to mention about the cost of having a stellar time period, but as somebody mentioned from the IndyCar realm that sometimes those times can be deceiving, but it's just a matter of, uh, due to the fact that you just have to, it is a test, sometimes you'll see some potential, sometimes you need a little bit more to fully understand and fully grasp how they are because it's just one track. But for me right now, I'm actually very impressed with what I noticed on the Costa of speed and that Ray Hall car. And would I like to see him run IndyCar? For sure. I welcome anyone that is interested to run IndyCar to give it a go and see how they pan out.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you look at next season, it's shaping up to be big. You figure you've got McLaughlin coming in. Who is the reigning – supercar champion he's not widely known in the states but uh that's uh over over in australia you know that they, they like their the v8 supercars and that's a great series and the guys that come out of that are are genuine you know generally quite talented um and i know will will power's looking forward to having another aussie there on his team even though he's technically a kiwi but <laughs> i think with will powers after from new zealand you might as well be from australia so discussion Ooh. across across the,
0: yeah i think I will i think that. will
2: meant it as a bit of a joke i remember i I remember early on in my journalistic career when scott dixon was a mere rookie i was writing an article about scott dixon and i had uh mentioned that um he was uh an aussie and, and i was uh blasted by some <laughs> some new zealanders who uh you know they were you know kind about it in their own little new zealand kind of way there's like you know, it's like uh, what you say there, man. You're wrong. He's a Kiwi, mate. You know, something like that. So, so I kind of learned that please lesson don't, early. Please don't,
3: ever do that again.
2: don't do a don't do a New Zealand accent ever again. No, okay. Please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So all i I know is from watching crocodile dundee movies you know that's not a knife it's a knife (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's um let's talk about formula one we had a race at Imola. long anticipated last time we raced at Imola was 2006 most of the guys that are in the race now were between seven and nine years old other than kimmy who was actually uh placed fifth in the race he's he's been in the series long enough um but, yeah, so a yeah. brand-new track for a lot of the guys out there. And then we had, of course, Lewis taking another win. Um, Danny Dan, Danny, Rick on the podium, though. That's a, another podium for Renault. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Richard, let's talk about this Imola race uh, a bit because I thought it was quite entertaining. It was. It was great to be back at the old, uh,
3: old Imola circuit, you know, obviously one that uh, had a tainted memory, if you like. You know, nobody can ever – Talk of Imola, or even you know, think about that race without the tragic weekend back in 1994. But uh, you know, it was great to be back. You know, obviously, you know, love circuit changes since 94, but also since 2006, when we were last there. Um, and you know, it was just great to see the cars on. on like, and I, I use this this phrase, you know, a lot when we talk about these old nostalgics. Like the proper race track, you know. There's, there's, uh, you know, there were still issues with track limits, which I think they need to address, but. Again, you know the the cars are so different now to what they were 14 years ago when they were last raced there. So I think if it was to become a permanent fixture on the calendar, which I doubt it will be, um, it would need some real upgrades uh, in 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 some of the corner complexes to make it more um, you know, drivable from that extent. So they're not slinging it around, uh, you know, off the curbs like they were. But uh, yeah, it, you know, it was another race that sort of fell into Lewis Hamilton's lap, really. And, uh, you know, unfortunately for Valtteri Bottas, he sort of, you know, fell victim to covering the Red Bull strategy, as as we've seen all too often uh, this season. You know, in all fairness, you know, um, Red Bull, and you really have one driver in the race, with, you know, who can challenge for the winning in Max Verstappen there. And, you know, so when Max reacts, you know, the easy thing for Mercedes to do is just pit one of their drivers and, and then cover that uh, tactic. And, and in, in this race, just gone again, that was Valtteri Bottas that was pulled into the pits to cover him, and that just played into Lewis Hamilton's hands uh, all too well. So that, that really, really cost uh, Valtteri the race. And then uh, Max had a tyre failure with what 15 laps to go or so, and. Uh, you know, that pitched him out of the race, which is unfortunate because uh, you know Max was having a good good race there. He'd got up to a 2 and actually passed Valtteri after Valtteri had picked up some uh, uh, debris from Sebastian Vettel's car on lap two, uh, coming out of the toes of chicane, um, hairpin there. Uh, so, you know, Valtteri was 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 always on the back foot, and then when they you know say that pit stop strategy really took the, the race away from Valtteri and, and handed it to Lewis. Um, and, then, and yeah, Verstappen got past it. Verstappen's P two, not really in a position to catch uh Hamilton, but uh, you know, the, his tire just I mean it's just failed, probably running over some debris carbon fiber um, shard, you know, goes through the sidewall or something and the tire's gone instantaneously. Um, and you know that, that that's a concertina that the whole field, gave everybody a chance to pit. Uh, I think Perez was probably on line in line for a P three there, but he pitted and that as you say, vaulted Daniel Ricciardo up into, into third place and uh, he held that off and got a second podium. So whether it Cyril there at Rene will need two tattoos to, uh, you know, to celebrate this season, I don't know, but uh a yeah, good fun if it did. Um, yeah, I mean, you silly, know, it,
2: it makes you wonder if... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it makes you wonder if Ricardo's making the, the wrong move, leaving Renault and going to McLaren. Not, not that McLaren uh, is putting together a good car, and McLaren is certainly lined yeah. up for Mercedes Power next year. Yeah. Um,
3: it's an interesting question, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know. It is because very, Renault has
2: improved so much this year.
3: Oh, for sure. You know, the, the, and, you know, Daniel Ricardo is probably a large larger part of the responsibility for that. You know, he's, he's very, very capable of. Um, you know, growing and developing a team. I think he's done a good job there. But uh, um, I think probably if you were given an option for Renault or McLaren, I think in the grand scheme, I think McLaren is probably the the better bet. You know, because what's Danny now? He's thirty, thirty-one maybe. Um, so you know, he's got another three or four years at the top of the game. You know, who are you going to put money on McLaren reacting to the what will now be 2022 20, regulations better than Renault? That's basically what you're. Throwing a hat in the ring at you're saying yeah
0: you know, big, absolutely big yeah.
3: regulation changes coming in my I think that McLaren will be better at reacting to it now not, you
2: know well, yeah there's you know, and McLaren, there's some there's some you know rumors here and there that uh, you know folks at uh, Renault corporate are not entirely thrilled with the amount of money. They're putting into the formula One program, and you know which gives you the you know this is this still going to be around in a few years right mclaren has has, has, has a, there's always that yeah there's always the the bean counters up at the home office are saying what are we spending this yeah, money for uh, but yeah but I think part of the i think
3: part of the problem there is that Renault um and the Renault group as it is i mean you it's not just the renault brand it's a multiple faceted organization I think they have quite a bit of French government financial input so i think you know there's a little bit of that do we really want to be but saying that you know fiat obviously are a uh, you know, large input into ferrari and they're owned by the italian government as well so it's, it's not always uh, as clear-cut as that but uh but yeah I, i'm sure that when daniel was going into the negotiations with both mclaren and renault for going beyond 2020 you know mclaren just didn't turn around and was oh we're gonna make a great car in 2022 oh it's gonna be the best car ever oh, okay i'll come and drive for you you know i'm sure he's seen some numbers i'm sure he's seen some simulations some modelling some projections and you know daniel is a you know outside the max and uh, lewis category He's as good as anybody and as, as as you know anybody would pick him up to be a driver for them so he's he certainly would command that respect uh, for, from any team so it'll you know i, I think he's probably I'd love to see Renner do well, I'd love to see Alonso do well, but I think probably McLaren will edge that one.
2: Yeah, even if you look at just over the the history of both of those organizations there, I mean, you know, McLaren has constantly been in the game. Yes, they've been they've been down a little bit the last couple of years, but uh, you know, given their overall history, they've uh, you know, they've managed to kind of stay in the mix, you know, even as recent you know, as the what 2008-2009 well, I guess that's not that recent anymore, is it? <laughs> yeah.
1: <it's laughs> but, uh,
2: but I mean, as a factory yeah, that, team, true. as a factory team, Renault has not been super competitive since the turbo era, you know, no. since the since the nineties. I mean, they've been successful as an any man any manufacturer um, in some other, you know, with their engine in some other folks' car. But as a factory well, 2005, team, two thousand five, two thousand
3: five, two thousand six with Alonso, they were technically Renault. Uh, ah. Yeah.
2: And yes, they Lourdes were
3: technically central
1: yeah. as well. But, but they
3: were, but they were run out. You know, they weren't run out of France. They were run out of Benston, which is where they currently are. You know, so it's always. Been oh yeah, it was, sort of it was Coleman, the rem- remnants
2: of the Benetton team.
3: Benetton right? team, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. yeah. if
1: I recall, weren't they Italian based at one point or throughout? Toll. Uh, no, I
3: don't think so.
1: I don't know why. Benetton, I, I, may,
3: I, Benetton may have been. I'm not sure because I know that's the family what I'm referring. I think, is originally Italian.
1: Yeah, I was referring to Benetton, where I believe Italia or that became Brazil. either or. They, they've had some interesting time periods where they were one country then the next, depending on who was owning and running the team. But to go to yeah, the I McLaren, mean, at the, the end of the day, run.
2: Benetton is a clothing company. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> you know, who's running their race team it was one of the, the one of the very few. You know, like like Red Bull now. Red Bull is essentially an energy drink, but it's it's been, you know, the whole team is branded as the Red Bull team, is the Red Bull cars, yeah, the Red Bull you know, and, and, and the clothing design of Red Bull. Exactly, and then um, and Al- It's exactly the same you know, thing that they did with Benetton. It was the Benetton team, but I mean Benetton is a, a clothing company, a fashion company.
1: Yeah, well, I will get into as far as the as mostly from the engine suppliers and and where the the team is based, but. Yeah, and to go back to the McLaren thing, I don't. I feel like Ricardo going to McLaren will be just fine. They're on par, sure, right now. Re- Ricardo was putting Renault with much better results than Sainz and Norris as of late. But I don't see Ricardo skipping a beat
2: next year. I think they'll be just fine as, long oh, as- I, And I think him and um, Lando Norris will work very well together.
0: Uh, yeah, I think, yeah. think
2: Lando Norris can really use uh, the mentoring of a guy who, who really knows how to win races.
3: You know, yeah. Not, not that,
2: not that Carlos Sainz is a bad teammate for him, but uh, uh, Danny just brings more to the table, I believe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's been here a little bit, a couple more years longer than him, so he is essentially a long-term veteran by today's Formula One standards.
2: Right. So let's talk about um, Alex Albon, because he's been in the news a bit lately. Because you had alluded oh, to it earlier that uh, that only you know, mm. that only one uh, one. Um, Red Bull has a chance to win. Now, the name that keeps coming up is Hulkenberg, of course, and even Max Verstappen and then, you know, Max's pops, um, Jas Verstappen, and both kind of shared a sentiment that they like the idea of having Hulkenberg in there as a teammate. Now, we've already seen that uh, Gasly has been signed to AlphaTauri, so so his shot to move back up into the Red Bull seat will – is. You know, it's uh, not going to happen right now, for sure. But, um, right. Richard, what, are, what's, what do you think of the odds that uh, that, that, Hul- that whole Hulkenberg deal goes through? Because, uh, I mean, the Hulk certainly has uh, been impressive in his few fill-in roles. Yeah, I think, you
3: know, at the end of the day, the, uh, the, the main purpose is to win constructor championships for these teams. Uh, it's not to go out and win drivers' championships as much as they value them. Um, so I think that uh, you know you need two drivers that will consistently score points and get podiums and and you know this last weekend was a prime example you know Mercedes have two cars up there Red will have one Red Bull make a strategy call Mercedes will cover that all day long um, so yeah it's 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 a little bit you know they desperately 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 need somebody out there um, and I think that. Of all the people, of, you know, there's basically three drivers there: isn't it? There's Perez, Hulkenberg, and Hulkenberg and Albon. And I would personally say that I think that Hulkenberg would probably be your best bet at scoring consistent long-term point hauls uh, compared to the other two drivers. Um, I just, as much as I like Albon, you know, he comes across really, really well in all of the um, interviews that he does, and he's great with the media, and he's great with the sponsors and everything it's just I mean I hate to say it the guy's just not getting it done
2: no uh, he's not and I think that's I think we could all agree on yeah, that as well the time as, time and yeah as well right. as the media can agree with it and the fan base so <laughs> um but what about what about the two guys that are that have been released from Haas you know you're talking about Grosjean and Magnuson those guys have any shot at all at any no. team in f1 you know cause no. uh, there, there's some you know some stories that uh um, Grosjean has been talking to a few IndyCar teams. He said he would have talked sooner, but he didn't realize there were only three ovals on the schedule. Because oh, there's only three? That might not be too bad. <laughs> do, a John, do the Johnson approach, and whoever wants him
1: can put an oval specialist on there. Then I heard the same thing about Magnussen, because I know I've heard it's either going to be IndyCar or sports cars
2: between – one or the
0: uh, both drivers. I think
2: I think, Mag- Mag- I think Magnuson is a better fit for IndyCar than than Grosjean. I really don't see anybody looking to Grosjean unless he brings like a pile of money in which Dale Coyne will Mag- be first. first in- exactly. Yeah, if he brings a pile of money, yeah. uh, you know, and, and when I say a pile of money, you know, you know, three or four billion dollars, you know, not, not kind of uh, any kind of Formula One commitment. Uh, Dale Coyne will be the first in line to say, hey, let's talk. You yeah, know, they have that. So. They
1: have that vacated seat now with Polo going to Ganassi, so that could open up. I mean, look, even even though this was before he joined Haas as a reserve driver, Pietro Fittipaldi drove for a coin, so maybe uh, Fittipaldi
2: is rumored to be uh, at AJ Foyt next year. Well, well, that changes that changes everything. Even even on a on a part time basis, I don't think he's rumored for a full season. No, uh, I'm not but, talking about. But his it. Yeah. yeah, Pietro Fittipaldi's name is in the mix for a Foyt ride. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, I heard. That, I heard that very very recently from uh, a reliable source.
1: Yeah, for the lack of better terms, or Haas is cleaning house, not just from the drivers, but maybe also the reserve department. But in fairness, Pietro getting a ride, wherever it's Formula One or car is probably for the best because. There's so much that a reserve driver can't do before people realize, is this driver ever going to get the opportunity? Because I feel like that spot injury robbed us a potential Indy 500. I would still like to see him in the Indianapolis 500 to make up the one he lost two years ago. But, yeah, it'd be interesting for sure. I feel like between the two, yeah, Magnuson is the one, I feel like, be more fit to IndyCar's competition compared to Grosjean. And as far yeah, as, and his and his dad raced Mindy Car too. Yeah, though, yeah that so. was an interesting time period.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. But, so, but Haas is looking like we're going to sign Mick Schumacher and uh, Richard. What's the other name I heard? I can't remember. It's not. It's you know, not uh, Iln. It's. Uh, Mazepin. Mazepin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that would give and them two rookie drivers. That, uh, so yeah. And as far
3: as
1: coming th- there. Yeah, and as far as Alvatore, Zunoda got his first test in Alvatore, Whether or not that means it's a good sign that he'll probably be then be Gasly's teammate, time will tell. Because, albeit let's give him a fair, let's make this disclaimer. Alvatore did phenomenal in Imola. Even Kvyat, when Gasly fell, Kvyat picked up the pieces yeah. and had a phenomenal run. But I feel like it's we're at the point it's too little, too late for Kvyat.
0: Yeah, I story.
3: think it is. Yeah, I think he's had his opportunity, and I mean, I, I'm not saying he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't do well at another team. You're not saying, for example, he wouldn't do well at Haas, but uh, I can't think there's a many, many American sports teams lining up a Russian driver right
2: now. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, no, no. He may, he so may he, end up in WEC or something like that. Yeah. So think yeah, the same, that that's what Sonoda yeah. could be a sign for maybe him going there next year.
1: You feel that way? Or we, we're oh, oh yeah, for sure. I think
3: Zenoda will be at uh, at, at Alvatore next year, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah that's, what I, that's how I take and the that. Fact of, a, the fact they've announced Gasly but not Kvyat basically makes it pretty obvious yeah. me, that Kvyat isn't going to be there.
1: So, yeah, but uh, nonetheless, it was a strong performance for Kvyat and Alvatar, albeit they did have a little bit of an advantage because they did test it at Imola before well, the this season began. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't now, mean, now, Zunoda, know is testing, he a yeah. is he a Honda factory driver? Is he a Honda backed yes. guy? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So he still yeah, got another. Yeah. Still got another year in a Honda contract. So. So that. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. That certainly helps out. So. All right, but yeah, he had his first test and he was uh he was blown away. He had some interesting comments to the media, uh, about how uh how how fun it was and how difficult it was to drive a Formula One car. So. Um, So, uh, yeah, we wish him the best. So we've got a couple of minutes left. Uh, Guys, we got anything else to talk about next three minutes.
1: Uh, We got the ARCA West Championship on the line as well, also in Phoenix. Uh, I said this back a while back that if NBC, if Fox was not involved in the Truck Series program, NBC would should go with this big quadruple championship weekend like ESPN used to do with Cup. Bush, and ARCA at Atlanta. All the races were on one network. Obviously, with trucks being on Fox, that's not going to happen, but the ARCA West titles kind of boil down to Jesse Love Jr. and Blaine Perkins. It is a fairly tight battle with 27 cars. The championship is not over quite yet. But whether or not, I feel like Jesse will get the job done for the Bill McAnally racing team, and we'll but I think for the race, you have Ty Gibbs, Sam Mayer, a couple of these guys in the mix. I think the race is going to come down to those boys down the east. And I think it'll be a good send-off victory for Mayer if he were to win for GMS. Because remember, Mayer is going to be driving for JRM next year. And that GMS ride that Sam Mayer's in right now, the 21 car, is going to go to Jack Wood out of California. Jack Wood is an interesting choice, considering he's from the Southwest Tour, and he's, Done fairly well as being as an independent racing with Velocity Racing. So that is kind of like the big news out in the regionals that I'd like to bring up and share to you guys. That's all.
2: That's all, right. Okay. So now, Richard, are we, are, are we have a week off of Formula One or are we racing again?
3: I think we've got a week off, haven't we, before we go to Turkey. It should be another good, good track so to go back to and sh- turn eight. and
2: the- Turn eight, okay, yep. <laughs> <perhaps> Hamilton <laughs> yeah,
3: locking up the championship. Yeah, hopefully they've cleared all the uh, all the cars off the track that because it's been used as a car dealership for the last ten years. That place, unfortunately.
1: Jeez. Oh, but yeah, yeah uh, we'll see if we'll be talking about Hamilton locking up a seventh championship, much like this past Sunday was Mercedes' seventh straight title. I
3: expect he will. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. I can't, yeah. yeah any. Control. Any.
2: Any scenario this uh Lewis winning the title it involves a lot of uh, a lot of moving parts and <laughs> so yeah yeah we go, I, we're down to what three races left
3: uh, we, we got, got four four,
2: four. four. Got, uh, Turkey two
1: in Bahrain and one in Abu Dhabi
2: all right so there we yeah. go and
1: yeah with Bahrain we'll finally crown a Formula 2 champion good to Griffith's yeah, been forever, yeah, it's Canada. been uh, yeah
3: it's been a strange that the Formula 2 haven't raced at a lot of these tracks in Europe that uh, you know Formula 1 has, but obviously that's their calendar and uh, that they've, they've sort of they run to a different budget to the Formula 1 guys, so it's, you know, uh, it's stuck a little bit interesting.
1: The, yeah, they stuck with the abbreviated schedule, but when that time comes we'll certainly talk about that F2 title, Tracy, because yeah. well, they're, that... well,
3: they're doing both Bahrain races, aren't they, F2? I um, think... So that, yeah, so. they're doing the Bahrain 1 which is on the Classic in coordination marks, classic Bahrain track, and then there's the uh, outer track, uh, which people are naively calling the oval, but the outer loop of Bahrain, uh, which is the second race of the t- of the double header. And I think Formula Two are running uh, both tracks, or both weekends, sorry. So there's four races to go in total. So uh, you know, Mick Schumacher's got a little bit of work to do to uh, you know to, to to clinch the championship, but hopefully he's uh, he's been able to do that. To, you know. Um, with this time away
2: yeah all right so we are out of time so uh, louise thank you richard thank you i want to thank the hoobazoo radio network i want to thank iHeartRadio, speaker and google podcast i want to thank you folks who listen to us uh every week um but until next week good night
0: W H O O B A Z O O, that's the wizard.com.
2: your website, Enter website, Enter website, Enter website.